the title was, Why Christians Shouldn't Celebrate Christmas. Now, I, I knew better than to click on that. You know, have you ever done that? You know better. I knew I should not have clicked on that article. I knew it was just going to upset me. It upset me so much. Because I was expecting it would just be the, you know, the normal, typical rhetoric. Well, Christmas is so commercialized and we shouldn't celebrate. No, no, it went way beyond that. It went way beyond that. No, it was serious. It was saying Christians should not celebrate Christmas. Now, this was not written by a Jehovah's Witness that doesn't believe in celebrating Christmas. No, this was, these were posted on here by people who are, are, are born-again believers like you and I. Christmas should not be celebrated by Christians. So it made me so upset that I thought, you know, we ought to, we ought to talk about this. Because somehow I believe that the Scripture has more to say than Facebook does. Sometimes, I know it's hard to believe, Sometimes social media can be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is one of those times. All right. So we're the Bible is all too clear on this whole issue. An event that happened 2,000 years ago in the Middle East, in a little town with no fanfare, but today, 2,000 years later, it'll still stop traffic. How is that? What is so special about Christmas? Why is it the most celebrated event, the most celebrated holiday all over the world. This week, billions, billions of people will gather in their homes to celebrate Christmas. Millions of dollars they'll spend to decorate their homes inside and out. By the way, you don't drive around at Thanksgiving time and see giant blow-up, uh, you know, turkeys lighted up on people's front lawn. You don't do that. There's no other holiday that we decorate like we do for Christmas. I mean, we spend millions. We'll put on parades. Basically, we organize our entire lives for a month around this one holiday. What makes Christmas so special? Well, the fact is the birth of Jesus Christ is the most significant event in all of the history of humanity. As a matter of fact, every time, every, time you, every time you write the date, you're recalling the birth of Christ. The birth of Christ is what separated B.C. from A.D. Every time you write that date, you're remembering the birth of Jesus. Oh, we may not think about it, but that's the focus. Ah, but this article went on to point out some things. Oh, yeah. You see, it pointed out, for instance, we don't know the exact date that Jesus was born. We don't know that it was December 25th. Matter of fact, I can just about, just about 100% guarantee you it was not December 25th, okay? It was probably any date but that. It was more than likely it was probably late spring, early summer when he was actually born, but we don't know the date. But, but I, I tell you what, shepherds in Israel are not out in the fields at night with their flocks on December 25th. It is, it is wintertime. It is too cold. So they don't have them out in the fields. So we know it, it, pro it was not December 25th. So how did we get that date? Right, they, they, and and th this article pointed this out. It was right about this. It was saying, we simply 
we picked a pagan Roman celebration held on December 25th and replaced it with Christmas. And this is a bad thing? Why? Why would that be a bad thing? That sounds like a pretty good thing. Matter of fact, that's what, that's what the early Christians did. As they moved in and take, took over the Roman Empire, as Christianity spread, they would come across, come across different countries, different lands. They would have these pagan celebrations that people were used to celebrating on that date. And so as they converted them to Christianity, they said, hey, we're still going to celebrate on that date, but we're going to celebrate something Christian. And the people said, yeah, that makes sense because December 25th, that's a holiday. We're used to getting off work. We're used to having a party, used to celebrating. Sure. And that's how we got a lot of Christmas traditions. Some will say, well, those Christmas trees, pagans used those in worship, you know. Yes, they did. And it was Martin Luther, the great Protestant reformer, who one night he was walking and it was winter time and it was around Christmas time and he looked up and he started noticing the, the glow of the moon and the stars on the, on the glistening snow on the evergreen branches and he saw the lights coming through the branches and it so impressed him, it reminded him that this is the time when the light of the world came into the world. And so he, he, brought, he cut down a small evergreen, brought it in his home, decorated it with, well, candles back in those days. That was a dangerous thing to do. Lit it up for his family to tell them about the light of the world, Jesus. Uh, that's a bad thing? I don't think so. No. You see, when Jesus Christ was born, there was a group of shepherds out in the field tending their flocks, and an angel came and said to them three basic announcements, and we're going to look at those today. And we discover the why Christmas. Why Christmas? Here's why. Number one, celebration. Christmas is a time for celebration. Look at Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 10, that Pastor Leroy read for us. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. That sounds like a celebration time to me. Right? The first, the first answer to why Christmas is it's a celebration. Christmas is a party. It's actually a birthday party for Jesus. I bring you good news of great joy. At Christmas, we have more parties than any other time of the year, don't we? We attend more parties. We love to have parties. You know, it, it's why we say Merry Christmas. Or as I was brought up, you know, with the Brits, Happy Christmas. <laughs> I don't want to shock you, but God is into parties. Do you know that? God likes parties. God is a party person. God likes 
to party. I mean, why else would he send these, these angels to say, hey, we got good news, great joy, shepherds, come on and see. Let's get together and let's celebrate this. That's what Christmas really is. You know, a lot of people are down about Christmas season. Well, I'm not celebrating anything. I just want to get through it. No, the bottom line is Christmas is a party. It is a great party. We're supposed to celebrate. Sometimes I know we get too busy preparing and we get so hung up on the, the decorations and all the, all the preparations and the buying the gifts and the, the crowds in the store. I know we get hung up on all of that, but we need to stop for just a moment and remember, why are we doing this? Because we are celebrating the birth of our Lord. It is a party. I bring you good news of great joy, and it's for everybody. What is this good news? The good news of Christmas. Two, two, two important things here. This is why we celebrate. When God sent Jesus to earth, he was saying two things. First of all, he was saying, God loves us and God won't leave us. God loves us and he won't leave us. Last week, Pastor Pickett preached a wonderful sermon on, on John 3, 16 and 17. You know the verses. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's good news. That's worth celebrating. That is worth celebrating. Christmas comes to you and God says, I love you. I love you. No matter what you've done, no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, I love you. That's Christmas. That's worth celebrating. And his love is based on his character, not your performance. Oh, well, I've been a naughty. I'm on the naughty list. Well, even if you're on the naughty list, God still loves you. And even if you're on the nice list, God still loves you. He doesn't care what list you're on. He loves you anyway. That is worth celebrating. And nothing's ever going to stop that love. Nothing's ever going to keep him from loving you. And not only does he love you, but he also says he won't leave us. He teaches in the Bible, I won't leave. He himself said, I will, in Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He loves us and he's not going to leave us. You may not feel it all the time. You may not feel his presence all the time, but he's there. You may not feel his love all the time, but it's there. He's there, and he's not moving. Have you ever been abandoned in your life? Have you, have you, have you, ever, have you ever felt like you've been abandoned? You know, I, I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry, but I'm telling, I'm telling you, God will never abandon you. He is the one who will never abandon you. I've had friends, and they've stopped being friends. I've had friends who have unfriended me on Facebook. Can you believe that? That's, I mean, that's, that's, a, tough, that's a tough thing to handle, yeah, right? I have been abandoned on Facebook before. <laughs> don't, you be, don't you friend me and then unfriend me. Don't do that now. But God never abandons us. He's always there. That's worth celebrating. The good news is, God says, I not only love you, but I'll be with you all the time. 
I'm there all the time. You won't face anything in 2016 that you have to face alone. Maybe no other human being will be there with you, but God will be there with you. He will be there with you no matter what you face. When God is near, it removes your fear. When God is near, it removes your fear. There's no reason to be afraid because God is there with you. That's, that, that's, the purpose of, that's the first purpose of Christmas. When we say, why Christmas? Well, the, the first thing is, it's a celebration. That's why. And we like celebration. I know I do. Okay? And it's good news of great joy, and it's for everybody. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter that if, if, you, were, if you were raised you know, Methodist or Baptist or Muslim or Hindu or Buddhist. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you were raised atheist. It is good news for everybody. Everybody can come to this celebration and join in and celebrate the birth of Jesus. Celebration, that's the first one. The second one is salvation. Because it's not only the birth of a very special baby, but it's the birth of the Savior of the world. That's different. That's different. I mean, we get excited when a baby is born, right? Everybody's excited. Everybody wants to see pictures and that kind of thing, right? But this is not just any old baby. (laughs) This is God entering into the human world himself. That's special. Luke 2.11, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, a Savior, born to you. That's us, born for us. That's why he came. That's why he's there, for us, born to us, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Back to that Facebook post. It also mentioned that in the New Testament epistles, those are the, the, the letters written by Paul and Peter and, and John and Jude and James, right? All right? The New Testament epistles, they never emphasize the birth of Christ. They emphasize instead the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And that's absolutely true. That's true. But guess what? There would be no death on the cross if it weren't for the birth at Bethlehem. There would be no burial in the tomb if it weren't for the birth at Bethlehem. And there would be no resurrection from the dead if it were not for the birth at Bethlehem. Amen? That's why we celebrate Christmas. You can't have Easter without Christmas. you got to have it. You've got to have it. God evidently thought that the birth of his son was big enough event to send angels down to announce it. That's pretty big. I don't know that he sent any angels down to announce when I came into this world. Probably not you either. But when Jesus came, he sent angels to announce it. And he thought it was a big enough event. He told those angels, go tell those shepherds to come in, leave their flocks, and come on in because they need to come and they need to worship this baby. He thought it was a big enough event 
that he would put an illumination in the sky, a sign, a signal that would get the attention of wise men clear over in Babylon. Clear over in Babylon. And they would take note of this. And they would make that long trek. And we don't know how long it took them, but it took them months and months. It may have taken them up to two years to get there to find that young boy now, that toddler, and to bring him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They made that long. God thought it was such an event that he needed to notify them clear over in Babylon. That's a pretty big thing. And God never wastes any energy, does he? I mean, if God does something, he does it. There's a reason for it. There's a purpose. God doesn't waste his energy. He doesn't do stuff that's not needed to do. You and I, we piddle around and we do all kinds of things that we don't need to be doing, like getting on Facebook. (laughs) But God doesn't do that. If he does it, he does it because there's a reason for it. He wouldn't have gone to all that effort and trouble to send one single angel if it was not necessary. Does that make sense? He doesn't waste energy on things that, 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 that we don't need. The fact that he sent a Savior to earth means you and I, we need a Savior. Amen. We need one. We need one. We need a Savior. What is salvation? We are saved from our sin. He sent Jesus to save us from our sin. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, another version of the birth of, of Christ. Matthew says, and, sh- and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You're saved from your past, from your guilt, from your sin, from yourself. You're saved from worry, from anxiety, bitterness, boredom, all these different things. We need to be saved from so much. And not only are we saved from our sin, but we're saved for a purpose. For a pr- 2 Timothy 1.9, he has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. You are saved for something. There's a reason. There's a purpose. There's a positive aspect there according to his purpose and grace. And then we are also saved by something. We're saved by God's grace. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. We know that verse. For the, by grace you have been saved through faith, and not, this not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. It means you don't earn it. You don't deserve it. But God gives it to us. That's his Christmas gift to us, is Jesus and salvation. We need to celebrate, and we need to celebrate our salvation. You know, what is sin? He came to save us from our sins. That's what the Bible's, that's what the Christmas story in the Bible says. He came to save us from our sins. What, what is sin? You know, every, everyone seems to have a list, don't they? You know, they, they know. Everyone knows what sin is. They have a list, right? And, uh, you know, I, 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 was, I was trained as a holiness preacher. <laughs> yeah, we had lists. Yeah, we were good at lists. <laughs> Right, we had we had a matter of fact, at my alma mater, us us young preacher boys, we, we we had a saying, you know, we don't drink or smoke or chew, and we don't run with the girls that do. <laughs> we had those lists, 
as I matured in Christ, I figured out it's not about the lists. It's not about the things you do as much as it is about the attitude you have. It's, it, it's are you separated from God? Are you separated from God? Because your list isn't going to look the same as my list. Because you were brought up a different way than I was brought up. You were taught things different than I was taught. God's looking at the heart. He looks at the heart more than the list. Sin is that attitude. It's that attitude of I'm going to be my own boss. I'm going to do things my way. And we just tell God, God, you, you, you do things your way. I'll do things my way. Everything will be fine. No, it won't be fine. Yeah. You can't go to God and say, hey, God, you do you and I do me. No, it doesn't. No, it, no, no. That's the attitude that is a sinful attitude. That's the separation from God. You know, every one of your problems is caused by sin, by separating from God, by getting off of God's path. Sin causes confusion in your life and guilt in your life and shame and regret and bitterness and resentment and worry and grudges and fear and depression. All of these things and so much more. But Christmas, Christmas came because we need that Savior. And Jesus is that Savior. He wants to set us free from the burden of guilt, the pain of bitterness, the expectations of other people. The fear of death, the burden of worry. That's what Christmas is all about. So the first purpose of Christmas. Why Christmas? Celebration. Why Christmas? Salvation. Here's the third one. Why Christmas? Reconciliation. Now I'm going to mess up your Hallmark version of Christmas a little bit with some scripture. I'm sorry. I love Hallmark. We got a whole one of one one Christmas tree in our in our house is decorated all with Hallmark ornaments. Okay, that they're great, but sometimes Hallmark gets things wrong. They're just like Facebook. Let's look at Scripture instead. Look at this verse, Luke two thirteen and fourteen. Now I'm going to read it first. First is the King, New King James Version. It doesn't matter. It all, it all says the same thing if you stop and read it and look closely. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And you know what Hallmark does with that? Peace on earth. That's the Hallmark version. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And we look at that and say, peace on earth. Okay, well, there's not a lot of peace on this earth. Well, Hallmark got it wrong just a little bit. Uh, the NIV version, let me read that one to you. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. That's, that's, that's a good rendering of the Greek. Let me read you one more, the New Living Translation. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. That's a reasonable reading too. Actually, all three of these translations, they say the same thing. But what they don't say is peace on earth. Because if we look, then, boy, the angels were wrong. 
there's not much peace on this earth, and there hasn't been since the time of Christ. I know Hallmark has made millions on greeting cards that read peace on earth, but but what what it actually says, real peace isn't going to come until Christ comes a second time and brings it. Didn't Jesus say something about wars and rumors of wars? Yeah. Actually, Jesus said something else. Now, this is, this is a verse that you will never find on a Hallmark card. Because nobody would buy this one. Matthew 10, 34. Jesus said, Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. I have never seen that on a Hallmark verse, you know. I don't know why. Nobody's going to slap down $3.95 for that one and send that to someone. Yeah, but that's what Jesus said. You see, we get confused here. What, What the angels were promising was not peace on earth, peace between humans, even though I'm, there's, that's, that's a good thing to strive for. You know, Jesus taught on that, that we, should, we should do our very best to try to be peaceable with each other. Yes, but that's not what it's talking about here. It's talking about peace with God. Yeah. It's talking about us. That's why Christmas, that's why Jesus came at Christmas, so that we could be reconciled with God. Sin was separating us. And Christ came so we could be reconciled back to God. That's it. That's it. Yeah, try your best to be at peace with everyone. That's what the epistles say. Do your best. But understand, it's not always going to happen. But you can always be reconciled with God. Now, some people are going to say, well, isn't that the same thing as salvation? Isn't, I mean, it's just, it, you're just, you, you've got... You only got two points to your sermon, and you're stretching it out here, preacher. No, I'm not. Salvation. That gets you in right standing with God. Is it possible, though, that after you've come into right standing with God, there may be times in your life also when you still need to be reconciled with God? David, in Psalm 51, calls it losing the joy of my salvation. He got off on the wrong path. He didn't lose his faith in God. He still believed in God, but he got off on the wrong path. And what does he pray? Oh, God, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Reconcile. We are having problems, God, you and me, because I have sinned against you. So restore that joy. Reconcile me back to you, God. The Christmas is, it, it, Christmas is a message not only for those who are out, outside the ark of safety, those who need to know Jesus, those who need to celebrate and come into that salvation experience, but it is a message to us, we who are in the body of faith as well. We who will tend to stray this way or that way, but we can come back and we can have the joy of our salvation restored. Amen? Amen. The joy of our salvation. That's reconciliation. Whenever that peace with God is broken, that's the peace he's talking about here. That's the peace he's promising. 
Oh, we may not always be at peace one with another. And wars will happen. But we can always be at peace with God. Christmas, it's for celebration. Let's celebrate. Oh, one last, one last trip to the one last trip to the Facebook post. Christmas is too commercialized. Christians should just give it up. I want to address that one. Christmas is too commercialized. Do you realize? that because of the commercialization of Christmas, the whole world pretty much shuts down for Christmas Day. Do you realize that people who don't really fully understand the Christmas story and the Christmas message, they at least get to hear it one time a year? Do you realize that nobody's putting up lights for Ramadan? Nobody's singing Ramadan carols. Nobody is singing Jewish carols. Well, there is that one, you know, dreidel, 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 you know, they got one. How many do we have? What, thousands? Do you realize that you can go into a lot of the stores and the malls, and what are you hearing? You're hearing songs about Christ. Use that. Use that commercialization. Instead of the church complaining about it, let's use it as a time when we can say, oh, you don't understand the baby in the manger and the whole manger scene. Let's talk about that. Use that. The whole world is saying, hey, we're going to celebrate the birth of Christ. Let's use it. God has given us that wonderful gift that all around the world, people, they, they know what Christmas is all about. Oh, Christmas is just about Santa Claus. Guess what? Use that one. You know who Santa Claus was? Bishop Nicholas, a wonderful bishop, a wonderful saint, a wonderful God-fearing pastor who, who believed in Jesus and went around doing good things. Oh, but we've forgotten about that. But hey, that's what Santa means, saint. Use that to teach the children. You want to know who Jesus or who Santa really is? Let me tell you the wonderful story of Saint Nicholas. Because he was a Christian hundreds of years ago who believed with all his heart that Jesus came as that baby in a manger. Celebration. Don't miss it. What do I have for that to say for that Facebook post? Well, Facebook can be wrong because we are here for celebration. We are here for salvation with the Christmas message, and we are here for reconciliation. Even this morning, even this morning, you may. You may already know Jesus as your personal Savior. I hope that you do. Maybe you're listening by you know, radio or, or the, the tape of this or recording of this. Maybe you don't know Jesus. 
But this is a wonderful time to make that commitment to Christ as your Savior.